0: Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. All righty. Good morning, Christ Community Church. Good to see you all. Um, We are in the book of Revelation, and so what I would challenge you to do is open a Bible app or open, if you have like a real Bible uh, go to Revelation two will be eighteen through twenty nine this morning. We're going through the seven churches of Asia. Now, let's go back a little bit um, to recap because we need to do this every once in a while. It's sixty four A.D. Right, long time ago, sixty four A.D. And what Jesus tells John, his beloved disciple, is things are about to get really, really bad. Um, As somebody, you know, I'm not trying to be pretentious, all that kind of stuff, doing a PhD, which most days I don't want to do, I'll be glad when it's over. I had my professor said this week, we were talking and one of my professors said, I, I'm having to do an Old Testament elective because you have to do so many Old Testament electives along with the New Testament. And my Old Testament professor said, um, Matt, you know, you only have to take three more classes and another dissertation to also do a PhD in Old Testament. And I was like, are you gonna talk to my wife? <laughs> Um, it, 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 but going through this stuff, when you look at 64 AD in church history, 64 to 68, those three and a half years, and, and by the way, that number is important. Keep three and a half years in mind because it will come up again in the book of Revelation. So you have Emperor Nero. He has life and death control over the entire Western world. And he loves the Jewish temple because he had a seer, palm reader, whatever you want to call it, tell him one day, if you lose the Roman Empire, You will be king over Jerusalem. So Nero being Nero, he loved the Jewish temple. So then in 64 AD, when a fire breaks out in Rome and destroys 71% of the city of Rome, guess who he blames? The temple leadership says, we have a candidate, the Christians. And so, they go after the Christians. And I've said this before, but it, it, it's worth repeating. You need to understand, our forefathers in the faith, the people we will meet in heaven and the new heavens and the new earth, many of them suffered greatly for the faith. I'm talking about being burned alive. Nero had Christians rounded up, taken to his garden, and he would have parties, and the wine would flow and all of stuff, and, and, and they would have these great feasts, and then they would go out, and he would play his lyre, early version of a guitar, while Christians were burned alive. These are our brothers and sisters in the faith. He would have them not just burned alive, pulled apart. He thought it was funny, funny to have Christian women put in the Colosseum and he would have tigers and panthers starved. And then after they had been starved for a week or two weeks, he would set them loose on Christian women and he would give them broken pots to defend themselves because he thought it was funny. This is what John is talking about when he says this will happen soon. This is coming upon you. And so now in Revelation 2 and 3, when we get to the seven churches of Asia, we are looking at Jesus talking to his churches and 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 by the way seven men in in the bible it means the number of completeness so all churches he's talking to all churches and i think you've seen this when you've seen dad preach through ephesus and and in ephesus you have a church that's lost their first love they they've just become internal they they you know they they have good doctrine they're reading their bible but they're not reaching out to other people they're not loving each other they're just hiding out then you get to a second church and well the second church they're a good church but god has said but you're going to suffer for my name Then you get to the third church, and they're entertaining false teaching. Folks, we still, unfortunately, entertain false teaching. And we do it for understandable reasons. We want to believe that God wants us to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. We wanna believe that, don't we? I do. Oh, my job would be so much easier if I got to just preach. God wants you to have cash and six-pack abs? Oh, fantastic. But yet, we follow a Savior who was perfect and tortured and crucified. And, and he says, a servant is not above his master. So there you go. Doesn't work that way. Does not work that way. And so we come to Revelation 2, 18 through 29. Let's read through it and talk about it. Two eighteen, And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, right. Now, here's the thing. He says, and, and if you don't believe me, you can ask Megan. She reads Greek. Angelos does not necessarily mean heavenly being it means messenger. Angelos means messenger. So to the messenger of the church in Thyatira, and and that means to the pastor, to the pastor of the church in Thyatira. And and he says this, he uses, John uses Old Testament language. He says, "Thus," he basically says, thus saith the Lord. So to the pastor of the church in Thyatira, thus saith the Lord, the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, which means he sees everything, and feet like burnished bronze, which means he has come through the fire, he has suffered, and he has come through the other end. I know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance. And that your deeds of late are greater than at first. So he's bragging on this church. But he says, but I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my slaves astray so that they commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of her deeds. And I will kill her children with plague, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. But I say to you, the rest who are in Thyatira, who do not hold to this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan, keep that in mind, as they call them, I place no other burden on you. Nevertheless, what have you hold firmly until I come? That The one who overcomes and the one who keeps my deeds until the end, I will give him authority over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are shattered. So I have also received authority from my father. And I will give them the morning star. Now, some of you, hold on, some of you, say you see that you see the morning star and you think oh that's satan no it's not no it is not when we get to the end of revelation the morning star is jesus christ himself he says that he says i will give you me and 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 i am telling you folks i am begging you to hear me at the end of the day there is nothing you will want more than that That is what you will want. The morning star. Jesus Christ Himself. The one who has an ear. Let Him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I'll be honest with you. You know, here in a couple weeks, we're going to get to Revelation 4. And we're going to have some guys up here. We're going to have some guest preachers up here. And they're going to preach about the holiness of God. And then we get to Revelation 5 on Easter. And we talk about the worthiness of the Lamb. And I would so much rather preach about that than this. Because this is tough. What John is saying is this. You need to understand. Okay. i got to go a little bit geeky for a minute. All right? Just stick with me. Okay? The city of Thyatira were run by trade guilds. Think unions. And so these unions, the way they operated was that back in the day, If you wanted to be part of the union, you not only had to join, you also had to go to the feasts. So you go to the feasts, and here's what happened. You go to the feasts. They pray to pagan gods. And then, I'm looking around to make sure the youth group's not here. Can we talk like adults for a minute? And then the prostitutes would come out. It was an excuse for the prostitutes to come out, and you would pay them, and it would go to the guild, it would go to pay for the temple, and that's what you would do. And if you didn't, if you didn't, You were suspect. You were pushed to the side. You were a weirdo. And so here we go. So what you have is a woman coming into the church and saying, oh, it's okay. It's all right. Don't you, haven't you read the gospel? Jesus forgives. So it's okay. Go ahead. Go to the feast. Go to the party. It's all right. Hmm. And here's what I don't like. (laughs) I really wish I didn't read Greek. I really wish I hadn't done a PhD. Because here's what I don't like. John is saying the pastor of the church has to put a stop to it. The pastor of the church has to put his foot down and say, no, we don't do that. And I don't want to do that. I don't want people to leave. I don't want people upset with me. I don't want people to get mad at me. Even if you're Browns fans. I don't understand it, but so be it. I like to be liked by, like, everybody else. But Scripture is telling me that as your pastor, I have to stand up here and say, you can't do that. You can't do that. I understand the pressure. I get it. I I absolutely understand it. What was happening at Thyatira was, if you want to do business, if you want to eat, If you want to make money, then you have to do this. And the Bible says no. The Bible says you do not have any excuse to make money. That if it violates the word of God, you don't do it. Look, (laughs) I didn't become a Christian until I was 25 years old, and I encountered all kinds of people. I remember a person telling me, I kid you not, again, the youth group's not in here, right? Okay. I remember meeting a guy who ran a house of prostitution who called himself a Christian. He said he was a Christian. At the time, I thought, okay. You can't do that. You can't. And I am the first person to say that I I stand against legalism. Hear me. I stand against legalism. When we get to the end of the book of Revelation, one of the things John says is if you add anything to this book, you are sinful. When you add rules to Christianity, what do you think you're doing? You're adding to the Bible. Okay, so, you're over 21. You want to drink? I can't say that's sinful. I can't, because it's not in the Bible. We do this all the time. The church needs to stop it. I, it was the funniest thing 20 years ago. I grew up hearing, no Christian should watch an R-rated movie. Well, then the passion came along. And people are like, well, that's an exception. Okay. These things you need to work out yourself. These are things between you and God. But, but, while I'm against legalism, I am for this. If you truly understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and I've said this before and I'll say it again if you truly understand the gospel of Jesus Christ that Christ died in your place for your sins you will want to obey you will want to obey You will not look at the Bible as a burden. You will see it as truth and blessing. And you will want to follow. At the church in Thyatira, they were saying, Your business is hurting. Your bottom line is hurting. It'll be okay. God will forgive you. And I do believe God is a forgiving God. Don't mishear me. But what does it say about your heart when you're counting on that? What does it say about your heart when you're just like, it doesn't matter. God will forgive me. Yeah, he may forgive you. Does that say you love God? I I have a great wife. I really do. I thank God every day for my wife. She is so loving and so smart and so forgiving. But if I was just like, well, she'll forgive me if I go cheat on her and I go do it. I would want to kick my own butt. I'm being a jerk. I'm not loving her, right? It's the same thing with God. It is not you have to obey. It's do you want to obey? Do you love him so much that you want to obey? No matter what it costs you. I understand the message of Jezebel in the church of Thyatira. Hey look, you got to make a living. So and God will forgive you, so what what's the big deal? The big deal is it hurts God. How faithful are you being? How much do you take the cross seriously? I have said this before, and I apologize, but I'll probably say it again. in the last 25 years since I came to Christ. I, when I came to Christ, I said, okay, I need to understand this. I, I, I need to know what the Bible teaches. So I went to Kentucky Christian University, and then I went to seminary at Abilene Christian University, which was called the PhD factory in West Texas, I was down the street from Matt Chandler, megachurch pastor. I graduated, not bragging, just saying, graduated at the top of my class from seminary. Got the faculty award for academic achievement. I graduated from Abilene Christian University in record time, record time. It takes the average person five years to get through the MDiv program at ACU. I got through it in two and a half with a 3.98 GPA. I still hold it against Mark Hamilton for giving me that B in first-year Hebrew. I got through it. I went to law school. I went to an Ivy League law school, baby. Graduated with honors, defended people, federal death penalty case, worked as a US attorney prosecuting terrorists, went to work as a lawyer, Preaching for free at churches that could not afford a pastor. Did that for a decade. Pretty impressive, huh? Doing a Ph.D. in New Testament. And I go to heaven the same way you do through the blood of Jesus Christ and nothing else. Do you hear me? I cannot earn my way. I get nothing. There's no champagne room, folks. I go to heaven because of Jesus Christ. Because he died for me. And I have no idea why. None. I'll never figure that out. He died for me. I don't understand it. For some reason, Thousands of years ago, before time began, he looked ahead and he saw me. And he decided to be tortured and died for me. And I don't deserve it. I will never do anything to deserve it. And he did the same for you so then the question is what do you do how do you respond how do you live your life even if it means we don't know how we're gonna pay our bills What's that worth? <sighs> he is the morning star. And if we overcome, we receive the morning star, and there's nothing more valuable. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for our life. But more importantly, we thank you for the life of your Son. Perfect life. Who died on the cross to pay the penalty for sins we could never repay. So may we live a life in constant gratitude for it. May we do so as a church that regardless of what happens, we care for each other, we love each other. No matter what the world throws at us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God goes with you. If you have any questions, I'll be sitting right down here. And so, have a great week. God goes with you. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.